name is Billy Kobe, and you're listening to Do Better Media. If you like what you hear, thank you to all your friends that tune in. But even if you don't, please subscribe to the show anyway. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and basically everywhere else podcasts are being heard. Please don't forget the hashtag when searching for Do Better Media on your favorite podcast carrier. Also, check us out on our social media pages on the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter platforms. We're back after a long absence, but definitely excited to be here with you again. If you have any questions or comments about the show, send them to us at our email address, dobettermedia0920 at gmail.com. Once again, that's dobettermedia0920, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to Do Better Media. As reported by Politico.com on May 2nd, the U.S. Supreme Court has voted to strike down the landmark decision Roe v. Wade, according to an initial draft majority opinion that was leaked to Politico. The decision, authored by Justice Samuel Alito, is a, quote, full-throated, unflinching repudiation, unquote, of the 1973 court decision that guaranteed federal constitution protections of abortion rights. This is the first time in the modern era that a court decision was leaked while the case was still in deliberations. The leaked decision has sparked protests in every part of the country that will likely continue up to and through the release of the actual decision, which is expected sometime next month. We at Do Better Media wanted to explore the topic of abortion, not from a legal perspective, but from a medical perspective. We were fortunate to have Dr. Amy Kelly join us in the Do Better Media forum to answer our questions about the medical and political implications of abortion. The following is the recording of the interview with Dr. Kelly. Joining us today in the Do Better Media Forum is OBGYN Dr. Amy Kelly. Dr. Kelly, thank you for joining us today. Thanks. It's good to be here. I think one of the toughest tasks the general public has had to do with regard to the abortion debate is try to separate the hyperbole from the facts. Dr. Kelly, what would you say from a medical standpoint is the biggest misconception the public may have about the abortion debate? Yeah, you know, I think that there are so many of them, um, but I think they kind of fit into two categories. One category is just general misconceptions that people have about sometimes why people get abortions or, you know, how easy they are to get. And then I think there's a whole bunch of misconceptions that have put been put out there for political reasons. Um, so, you know, the things that I think people generally just don't know about abortion is, you know, I often hear people say, oh, well, abortions for certain reasons are okay, but they shouldn't be used for birth control. And I think people have a perception that, you know, people are just willy nilly getting abortions or that somebody is having sex and using and just getting abortion after abortion after abortion when they accidentally get pregnant. And the truth is most people who get abortions actually we're using contraception and most people who get abortions are already parents. And so, you know, they're the people who have babies are not different than the people who have abortions. They're all the same people. Um, and they are just people at different times in their life. 
but no one is really like just jumping into Planned Parenthood willy-nilly and getting an abortion because they just randomly decided to that day and they're really while there are some people who do get multiple abortions it's a very small number of people um so I think also you know if you're gonna put parameters on who can get them and for what reason well that's also really hard why is one reason person's reason better than another person's reason but I think that's a really common misperception um and I think that often the general public also isn't aware of actually how difficult it can be to get an abortion. They're not as easy to obtain, especially in certain states as others. Um, And there are actually lots and lots of laws pertaining to abortion, um, which I think a lot of people don't realize either. Um, But there are tons and tons. It's one of the most regulated medical procedures that there is. For political things that I think are important from a medical standpoint to realize that they're not true is a lot of this misconception about late term abortions or that you can get an abortion right up until the day you're due. And I think the reason it's used politically is because it's very emotion provoking, you know, and it's very like horrifying for someone to think of that. Um, But, and there are, some reasons why we end pregnancies after 20 weeks but 80 to 90 percent of those are done for medical reasons or for really horrible most likely fatal um, birth defects and so these are usually women who are planning to have babies they have cribs they have names picked out and this is like the worst thing that's ever happened to them It is not that they just decided not to have a baby. Um, And these procedures that are done late in pregnancy are almost always inductions because they want to hold their babies. And I think that there's this misconception that we're like ripping babies apart and pulling them out of their mothers. When the reality of most of those abortions that are done late are women who desperately wanted that child and the child is not going to live or they're so sick that they can't remain pregnant. Um, otherwise, they'll their life is in danger. Most women are grieving um, and they're experiencing the worst days of their life. And the government involvement in that doesn't make it any better. And I think that people don't, they don't realize the women that are actually going through those. It's not who, you know, it's not who the extremists are saying. They're not, people are just walking in and getting them for no reason. Those are medical tragedies, really, for the most part. Dr. Kelly, I'm glad you mentioned um, the medical procedures in that answer. I wanted to, with the next two questions, kind of drill down into that. For those listeners who don't know, if you could, please talk to our listeners about the pregnancy, the normal pregnancy timetable and when a woman can have an abortion? Yeah. Um, so, you know, typically the first trimester is uh, goes up until between 12 and 14 weeks, depending on who you ask. Um, pregnancy dating is a little bit weird because we do it based on your last menstrual period. 
Um, but you aren't really pregnant when, when you have your last period. You don't get pregnant for two more weeks. But our dating is from your last period. So there, the date of, so conception dating, dating by the date of conception is different than the way we date a pregnancy. So it can be a little confusing. Um, but basically, most women don't know they're pregnant until they're about four weeks pregnant when they first miss a period. But some women don't have regular periods. And so they might not realize they're pregnant until six, even eight weeks pregnant. Um, And if they have really irregular periods, they might not realize they're pregnant until they've missed one or two periods. So maybe even 10 or 12 weeks pregnant. So the 90% of abortions occur in the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. So that is, you know, very, very early. Typically, prenatal care starts somewhere between eight weeks and 12 weeks. So many people, if they are getting an abortion, they're getting it before they even have any prenatal care because it's so early. Abortions that occur after 13 to 14 weeks, um, some of them are done the same way early abortions are, which is a surgical procedure. Um but some of them are done by like inductions, especially for babies with anomalies where their parents may want to see the baby. Um, and so what we do from 12 weeks on kind of depends on what the situation is and what parents want. Um, it's very, very difficult um, to get an abortion after about 20 to 24 weeks, depending on what state you're in. So a lot of states have a 20-week ban on abortion because there's this idea that um, fetuses feel pain at 20 weeks. Um, The science on that actually is not very good. Um, And most experts think that fetuses probably feel pain closer to 28 weeks. But regardless, a lot of states have this ban and some of it, some, some of those bans are um, 20 weeks by gestational age, which is, which would be 22 weeks by the way we date them medical, medically. And some of them are 20 weeks based on last menstrual period. It kind of depends on how the law is written. So um, before 20 weeks, that's most states you you could potentially get an abortion in, um, or at least it would be legal for you to do so. In a lot of states, like the state I'm in, um, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's easy to get. Planned Parenthood in many states only goes into the first trimester because there are a lot of laws afterward this first trimester that make it really hard to get abortions outside of the hospital. So in our state, there's a law about you have to have um, the ability to access blood products to get an abortion after 12 weeks. And only hospitals really have the ability to do that because it's so expensive. Around the country, there are probably only three or four places that you can get an abortion after 24 weeks. And all of those places, typically, um, that is being done for medical reasons, mostly for fetal anomalies. So you, we do anatomy scans at 20 weeks. And so if you high risk, your first scan to look and see if all your babies, if your baby is growing normally is going to be at 20 weeks. And so 
many women don't find out there's even something wrong with their fetus or their baby until 20 weeks. And then they're staring at a deadline that's like coming up very rapidly. Um, and that's why some of, some of them are done later is because women want information. Um, you don't just end a pregnancy when one person tells you that there's something wrong with your baby. You get a second opinion. You go see a high-risk specialist. You get genetic testing, which could take two or three weeks. You talk to the pediatric specialist, like the pediatric cardiologist or the pediatric neurologist, to try to figure out what these birth defects mean for your baby before you decide what to do with them. And by the time you get all of that done, you know, sometimes you're past 20 weeks because it takes weeks and weeks and even genetic testing can take two or three weeks. So some people don't really figure out what they want to do until past 24 weeks, which is when we kind of consider babies to be viable, meaning they can live outside of the mom. Um, so most places in order to have an abortion pass like the 20 or 22 week mark you're talking about a lot of a lot of money travel and a lot of difficulty so um it's easily ten thousand dollars plus and you usually have to travel and your insurance won't usually cover the cost of some of that so it's very difficult for our last question, Dr. Kelly, there's been a lot of talk about medical exceptions for abortion. For our listeners, could you talk about instances where an abortion is medically necessary? Um, yeah, and I think that I can definitely, there. there's really, this is a really hard question to answer. And it's because we cannot predict the future. Um, and so there are instances where it's very obvious that an abortion is gonna is life saving someone who's in the ICU with heart failure or kidney failure or uncontrolled lupus which can cause kidney failure it's very obvious that those women are super sick and pregnancy puts t- is a puts a big toll on your body especially your heart. And so it's very clear that some of those are life-saving procedures. Um, And, you know, really abortion is, our pregnancy is 14 times more dangerous than getting an abortion. So pregnancy is always more risky than ending a pregnancy. Um, But there's so many instances where it's unclear, like, when is someone sick enough to say it's life-threatening? So someone in the ICU with sepsis, because their uterus is infected, that's obvious. But when someone breaks their water at 16, 17 weeks, the likelihood of that pregnancy making it to a point where the fetus can survive is very, very small. But there is a good likelihood that that patient will eventually get infected and could be septic and in the ICU. So when, when do we pull the trigger? When do you end that pregnancy? There's not, there's not a perfect answer to that. 
And the government shouldn't make that decision. That should be a physician and the mom and their family making that decision. Um, There are cardiac defects. There's pulmonary hypertension, which we quote your risk of dying in pregnancy if you have pulmonary hypertension is 30 to 50%. So is that enough? Is that life-threatening enough to get an abortion? And who gets to decide that? Those are the kind of questions that a law can't really answer. Um, You know, there's, and there's a million different myriads of options and different things that can happen during pregnancy. It's almost, it's almost impossible to create a law that could um, apply or to use for all of the multiple things that can go wrong in pregnancy. Um, Another one that's actually quite common and very difficult is women who are diagnosed with cancer when they're early pregnant. There are cancer treatments you can undergo when you're pregnant, but there are some that you can't. And so if you're diagnosed at eight or 10 weeks pregnant that you have cancer, right now we can end that pregnancy if that's what the woman wants to do so that they can get the gold standard treatment for their cancer or they can continue the pregnancy and either wait for cancer treatment or maybe they're going to get a different treatment but it's not the gold standard treatment so it's going to decrease their chance of surviving their cancer and who gets to make that decision um you know those those, that's not an easy decision and is that life-threatening is the cancer life-threatening i don't know because Um, the life-threatening part of that cancer may not be for years and years when they get a recurrence because they didn't get the right treatment right away. You know, delaying cancer treatment by six months because you want pregnancy, it's it's not always clear how that's going to affect your ability to survive that cancer. These are the kind of things that we're going to be struggling with if Roe v. Wade is overturned. And a law that just says, you can do abortions for maternal health and life doesn't really answer those questions. Um, And the really hard part is if there's a felony associated with this, or if there are big consequences for doctors, doctors are going to be really scared and hesitant to end pregnancies because what if we make the wrong decision according to the law? We could lose our abil- our medical license. We could end up with a felony. But if we choose the wrong thing, like, and then we have a patient that dies, that's awful too. And that's totally against our medical ethics. And so we're, we're going to end up be- being put in this really hard position where we're choosing between following the law and doing what if, is medically ethical for our patients or letting our patients decide what risks they want to take and what they don't want to take. And I think that the general public doesn't understand all of these gray areas and all of um, the crazy things that can go wrong in pregnancy, from breaking your water early to having severe preeclampsia before your baby can survive, to getting cancer when you're early pregnant, or having significant medical issues that make pregnancy very dangerous. All of those are medical reasons why I've been involved in ending pregnancies in my career. Um, 
and certainly I think fetal indications are another issue that will come up from a medical standpoint. Um, there are birth defects that are not compatible with life, meaning that a baby is never going to survive. So who gets to decide when that pregnancy ends? You know, are we going to force moms who have babies that they know are not going to survive? Are we going to force them to go through a pregnancy where they may have complications? Are we going to force them to go to, to live their life and go to the grocery store and have people who don't know them ask them about their baby when they know that their baby is not going to survive? I mean, what that's a mental health catastrophe for women. Um, and that's not an uncommon thing. I think if you've never had a friend or a family member who's gone through something like that, you have no idea how common it is, but it is. It's actually kind of amazing any of us come out nor- quote unquote normal um, with everything that can go wrong. So there are actually a lot of medical reasons why we end pregnancies. Um, and I think that it's really hard to make a law that would encompass all of those, um, much less have laws be made by people who don't understand the intricacies of pregnancy care. Dr. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us in the Do Better Media Forum. Thanks for Thank you for listening to Do Better Media. Once again, if you like what you hear, or even if you don't, please subscribe to the show. We're now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically wherever podcasts are being heard. Please don't forget the hashtag when searching for Do Better Media on your favorite podcast carrier. See you next week.